Uh, yes, I'd like ten beers, please. Uh, sir, your ID card says you're a British woman named Peggy Carter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hello, I'd like ten beers, please. <sighs> Fine, but you're getting Zimas. I'll do. Welcome in to the Bro Force Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. This is our review of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 3, entitled Alien Commies from the Future. Love it. We, we are here to review this as we do all of our TV episodes on the four Bro Force Squad criteria, the cast and the acting, story our favorite scene, and then any theories or questions we have going forward. As always, shout out to our boy Trend Pimp in the YouTube comments. Uh, my host, co-host today, excuse me, is the mad scientist Brian Banner. So Banner, now we have our first episode in 1950s uh, since we just moved on from the 30s. What did you think of what the cast did here? Getting to play it a little bit differently. We've moved up like two decades in terms of how they have to act and perform. So I realized something this episode... Chloe Bennett is a fucking rock star. If you take a look at what she did and what she was doing in the first season to what she's doing now, not that she wasn't good in the first season. I thought she was fantastic, but she is phenomenal in this. She, she's finally putting everything together. She knows who she is. She knows who Daisy is or sky or, you know, whatever you want to call her quake in this particular episode. She has figured it out, and I just thought that her performance, and it, it'll actually be my best scene, but there's a specific scene that I was just like, holy shit, she has come a long way, and if there was somebody that I think could carry this show aside from uh, Coulson, it's her. I totally agree. She has completely grown up in front of our eyes. Like When she started this show... Six years ago, I don't think she had hardly any acting experience at all. She was on like an episode of Nashville. So this was like her biggest role What more to date. experience do you need, Jeff? That's true. You're ready for the big leagues at that point. Just put me in the game. Um, and like you said, th- there has been like talk and some rumblings that Quake might get her own Disney Plus show somewhere down the line. And if that happens, I will have zero reservations at all that Chloe Bennett herself can headline her own series. Because... She has so much charisma, she just captivates you on screen, man. She's so confident in what she's doing, but she can also play that vulnerability, too. I think back to the whole Inhuman season where she met her dad and was, like, coming to terms with, like, why her parents abandoned her and all that, and that was some awesome stuff. Like, they really put her up to... She had to step up to the plate there, and she basically carried the show for, like, two years. Yeah, I mean, I think that without her being so good every step of the way, I don't know that this show could have survived. And I, I think everybody is is part of that, but I think she has a big to-do because they relied on her story so heavily in the first few few seasons. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make it seven seasons, it can't all just be all Coulson all the time. You know, other actors and characters have to step up and take bigger roles. And I agree, she has been 
probably the biggest beneficiary of getting that opportunity. I don't have much to mention here, but uh, it was a, it was nice to see Enver Jokaj come back as uh, Daniel Souza. Of course, he was in the Agent Carter TV series. I loved his character in that, where they were like starting up the SSR, and he was the only one who really trusted that Peggy was not the double agent that she was accused of. And of course, it, I mean, could there be a more appropriate character to, to reappear than when Gemma is impersonating Peggy Carter? <laughs> No, and he got like excited at first. He was like, "Oh shit, my uh, old flame is here." This yeah, is- he got excited. He was thinking he was gonna get some, and instead he didn't. Yeah, he's like, "You're hot, but you're not like Peggy." So yeah, it might still make like I mean, maybe if it's one thirty, but that's that's the best you're gonna get out of me right now. Yeah, I'm not that drunk. Yeah. Um, and again, on this show, we have to give credit where credit's due. Jeffrey Ward as Deke in this episode, I actually liked quite a bit. His interrogation scene where he walks in and does the slow clap for the head of the DOD. Uh, anytime, I don't know, the one time that I think Deke really works as a character, and you and I talked off pod, he's been a mess. He's been like a different person all three seasons. But the one time he does really work is when he has like this irrational confidence. And he had that when he walked into the tent to interrogate that guy. Like he had no reason to be cocky and sure of himself, but he was. Yeah, I think I'm not trying to defend Jeffrey Ward in any way here, but he he's had a tough go of it because, like you said, he's he's had to play three or four different characters, and that's hard to do and hard to hit on every step of the way. There's just no consistency there, which I think that's that's part of the writing, which they haven't missed that really at all other than with his character. But I didn't hate him in this episode. I thought he was fine. The slow clap was funny. Um his kind of being a baby, like, oh, I'm not trained, but yet the last episode, he was all for going out in the field and, and shit like that. So just yeah. the inconsistencies is really hard to get over on top of you just not being a good actor. He's like that recipe that you keep making, like, tweaks to it, and it's not quite where you want it to be. Like, you'll still serve it and eat it, but yeah. you're like, this needs something else. Too much paprika, not enough paprika. Do we add cumin? Do we not? Uh, you know, it's just. These are all. That's deep in a nutshell. These are big questions. All right. Did you have anything else before we move on to story? No, no, I've got quite a bit to say about story here. I, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I did too. What about I, I, you? The, yeah, the synopsis real quick, according to the TV time app is a surprise leap forward in time has stranded Enoch in 1931 and landed the team in yet another unfamiliar decade. Now in order to stop the Chronicoms. From launching their newest future dismantling plan, the agents will have to infiltrate one of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s most secure bases. Um, So obviously here we jump into the 50s. You and I talked about how I think two episodes in the 30s was great. We get one in the 50s, although the one thing that I did write down, it was cool being in the 50s, but we didn't really get to feel that at all because almost this whole episode took place at the Helios base. Like they weren't out in the world, if you know what I'm... Like this could have basically been outside of the technology there, like any decade, and you wouldn't really... So I thought that was, it was cool they were there, but they kind of didn't use it to their advantage, I thought. Yeah, I mean, other than a few of the costumes, but you didn't see a lot of, like, the 50s cliches that you maybe would have liked. But we're going to be there at least one more episode, I think, if not two. So they may go heavy into that. True. I really liked how that we got back-to-back episodes with... with 
pretty heavy action. Obviously, last episode, went before they left the 30s, heavy action, went right back into heavy action here, which is they really needed that, at least in my opinion, to keep us going and keep me engaged through this final season. Um, Area 51, I think, is great, and having it disguised as a shield base, a lot of fun. Um, Colson's comment about, oh, every area is a shield base is... Okay, that's pretty funny. That means that they're everywhere. Um, Gemma becoming uh, Peggy Carter or being posing as Peggy Carter, genius. Yeah, I loved, and I think I even said it last week. I wanted to get a Peggy Carter uh, reference at least. I didn't think we were going to, uh, but since they brought Sosa back, there's they have set the precedence to bring other people back later on in the season. Yeah, and that was a great use of. Gemma in the episode too, because I was wondering when Colson and her get out of the car, someone on the Zephyr made some comment like, "Yeah, we had to get a little more creative with uh, Gemma's ID card." <laughs> Did you know immediately? Like, okay, she's gonna be Peggy Carter. No, I had no idea. When she got out of the car though, when she didn't have like prosthetics or something on, I was kind of wondering what the reference was. I did. I, I like you said, I dug that a lot. Anytime you can get Agent Carter into this show or the MCU, I'm a big fan of it. I agree. Uh, the only other thing I really had about story, I love the idea of like they're searching for the Chromacom mole within Shield and all the. I mean, there were some really humorous moments that came out of it, but it, it was just a very cool framing device for the story where they're basically going around trying to figure out which of the scientists in Shield are actually not who they say they are. And it's even more funny because the whole premise is inverted because they're not who they say they are. So they're like running and also trying to catch someone at the same time. It was a really interesting dynamic throughout the story. It wasn't like a cat and mouse game. It was like a mouse and mouse game. It was like an owner and cat and mouse game. It's like everyone sort of chasing yeah. someone. And then Sousa, when he realized that he's actually like, well, I'm kind of with the cats now, which was another interesting wrinkle. Yeah, I was kind of surprised how quickly he kind of flipped. Like, I don't know. It was, yeah. I guess uh, I kind of was too, but I guess they just didn't have time to devote that much to him. Yeah, playing the diplomat. Shielding. I think he's gonna get in. I think he'll be in the next episode also. I hope so. I like his his character a lot. Yeah. Any, anything else before we move on to best scene? Uh, no. I mean that's all I had. Like I said, I, I'm I'm happy that we're in the 50s. I'd like maybe one or two more episodes there, and then let's jump on to you know maybe the 70s, 80s, 90s, somewhere somewhere else. Definitely. All right, best scene. I think I know what yours is, but why don't you tell us anyway? So mine is when Sosa and Daisy are in Sosa's office, and she's basically saying, hey, I need Coulson and Gemma right now. I'm the CIA. Get it? The way that those two just – I bought everything about them. I thought that Chloe Bennett, that was her best performance. The confidence that she had just – exuding out of her when she said i'm with the cia this is what i need just rattled it off like it was perfect that's what you expect in an agent of shield in a spy and she she hit it the nail on the head Um, and and then obviously sosa just complimented her so much with how he handled it i love to the comment he makes where he's like i'm sure you got my report how i suspect that hydra's infiltrated shield and she's just like well Almost like Tony Stark in The Avengers when Cap goes, well, it seems to run on electricity. He goes, well, yeah. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Kind of Which, reaction. Hang on to that note because that will come up in my theories here later. 
Oh, okay. I like What's it. your best scene? So I have a couple, but they're all pretty small. First off, anytime Gemma and Coulson were testing or interrogating the scientists to see who could be a robot who actually would exhibit emotion, I could have seen like five different versions of that scene. Yeah, I, I want to <laughs> see what's on the cutting room floor of that. Uh, Elizabeth Hentridge, who plays Gemma, has this like, when she... I mean, she's always been the smartest person in the room, but when she's with, like, other superior intellectuals, she has, and her character has this, like, emotional... She has this ability to tap into her emotions that other people as smart as her don't. And it's really fun to watch her play that against the people that are much more, like, rigid and calculated. I loved when Coulson was talking about the turtle and flipping it upside down <laughs> in the desert, like, basically torturing this turtle. And this old lady is like, she's why like, would what you... the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? He's like, oh, it's a test. I think I did that. <laughs> um, and then the other one I had you mentioned this earlier the double Chromacom fight at the end where it was like enhanced Coulson versus the scientist and then May and Yo-Yo versus the kamikaze lady Chromacom and obviously we can get into this a little bit in theories but May and Yo-Yo both had like a really rough fucking time in the base like Yo-Yo realized I'm basically don't have my powers anymore and May had like a flashback again may's got some fucked up stuff going yeah on. may is in worse shape than any of them let's back up though back up to story and then back up again to acting a cast yo-yo i i i didn't mind her in this episode kind of like you with deke i i don't want to say i enjoyed her but i liked everything they did with her character yeah every once in a while uh cordova buckley and jeffrey ward will show you like uh They'll show you what they did in their audition tape. Exactly. They'll be like, this is why I got this role. It's like that hitter who, like, every once in a while will just rope a ball down the line. You're like, oh, well, like, I see it now. But yeah. it's that consistency and doing that week to week that's the hard part. And what, again, going into story, having her have a mental breakdown as well as May kind of all at the same time and them going through some shit, like, not really like, hey, I'm here for you. I'm not here for you, which was kind of very may-esque uh i just like i said i dug everything that they did and then obviously back into the best scene that fight scene and them coming together like look we've had our ups and downs literally five minutes ago but i'm not gonna let you die i'm gonna do and everything if I can the, to help if you're the agents of shield and they gotta figure this out man because you can't have yo-yo and may working together because they both they're dealing with some shit right now. Like, neither one of them should be in the field, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. Right, neither one of them. I mean, now the problem is with May, she'll kick the shit out of you if you try and keep her on the Zephyr. Right. Uh, but Yo-Yo, I almost feel like, is the opposite. Like, Matt kind of had to, like, nudge her out there. Um, when they were in the diner, remember, at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, and that's why Mac is not a good leader, and he's a terrible character, and everybody hates him. Oh, you're just jealous of his biceps. It's very evident. <laughs> Steroids. Can't prove anything. All right. Uh, did you have anything else for best scene? or? Nope. That's all. All right. Theories and questions. First thing, just segue right here. Question I have. May freezing, which is very unlike her. I mean, you think of all the shit that she has seen. And, I mean, I guess that's the other thing. What she experienced at the end of last season, I'm not trying to minimize it, but she's seen some fucked up stuff. I mean, for it to have this big an effect on her, you know it had to be pretty serious. But... She freezes up. Yo-Yo shoots blanks. What do you think is going on with either of them? Like, has Yo-Yo permanently lost her powers? Because I could see that being, like, her story arc. How did Yo-Yo get her powers? Because she didn't have them at first, right? I think 
she was an inhuman, like one of the uh, fish oil things that they. Oh yeah, and then whenever like that crystal thing exploded, she was turned into. Yes. Yeah, the Terrigen Mist. Yeah, because I remember they were like tracking people down that had been exposed to it, and she was at like a bachelorette party. Yeah, that's in that episode. And her friends like didn't know that she had been exposed to the Terrigen Mist, and they were like, "Go home, get out of here, you're drunk." Yeah, that's that's right. But and I can see, I can definitely see them trading that back out, and then having Daisy be the only one with actual powers. I can definitely see that. I wonder if, if they'll explain hers as the Shrike caused her to lose her powers, or maybe it's just an instance of like the Terrigen Mist just wears off at a certain point, like your DNA corrects itself or something. Yeah, but then if that's the case, we would have to assume that that Quake is going to lose her powers at some point. It could be possible, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the future holds for May or Yo-Yo, but considering this is the last season, I wouldn't rule anything out. I wouldn't rule out a death. I wouldn't rule out for Yo-Yo a permanent loss of power. I wouldn't rule out even like a Mockingbird and Hunter situation. Maybe one or both of them leave the, the team at some point by choice. Yeah. But clearly what's going on, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. active duty is not the best place for either of them to be, I don't think. I agree. I mean, it's, it's tough because they're just a team, so... Manpower is limited, but you gotta you gotta protect them and get them out of there. Yeah. All right, I got a few more, but what do you have? So I still think we're gonna end up trying to prevent Colson from joining Shield. Every step of the way, the Chromacons or Chromacons are trying to eliminate Shield. I think eventually they're gonna come to the conclusion that we can't eliminate Shield, but we can eliminate whatever's happened with us by eliminating Coulson, whether that's permanently killing him before the Avengers, after the Avengers, whatever. I think at some point we're going to have, they're going to be preventing Coulson from, from trying to join shield. And we may even get a LMD Coulson fighting a life Coulson. Wow. That would be cool. I, I don't know if that's the case, but I've, think it's i mean like you said it's it's the end of the series anything is on the table i think that they are moving like my uh prediction last week or my theory last week they are pushing all of this to connect back to the movies obviously the first few seasons were very heavily connected to the movies through the fall of uh shield in uh winter soldier and then after that they kind of drifted away we've done all these time travels we don't even know what fucking universe we're in anymore i think they're they are going to be helping or preventing changing tinkering with whatever history they're in right now to get back to the reality that they originally left before they went into space and into the future do you think they'll end up back in the like current timeline or will they end up like back at the beginning of the show where like grant ward is there as like an intern or whatever i feel like they have to end up somewhere around the time that they disappeared out of that diner because otherwise they would have, you know, yeah. two two Colsons, two Skies, two Max, all like double these people walking around, and then that's just going to open up a whole nother wormhole of things that we don't want to happen. Yeah, that's the added wrinkle. Obviously, the show is going to end a certain way, just inherently being the final season. But on top of that, there's the timeline issues, or I guess like variances that they can cause. So. 
if you're the showrunners, like there is so many different ways you can go with this. It's almost like an embarrassment of riches, how you want to finish this thing off. See, and I still think I, I my evidence for them going back and connecting the movies is you said it before when Sosa says, oh, you got my report. Yeah, we have to weed out if we think Hydra's in- infiltrated us. That is a direct cause of what happens or the events of Winter Soldier. Uh-huh. So I think that by them not meddling with it and then keeping things kind of status quo at that point where, again, they have an opportunity to change that that timeline and, and change that from happening, they can't or they won't so that they get back to where they left. Yeah. To that point, a theory that I have, I think, I'm assuming we will go to the 70s at some point. I think we will see that shield base, or I guess... I think it might have still been the SSR, but that Tony and Cap visit in Endgame where Howard and Hank Pym are working and Zola is there. We'll see that in some regard. And I also think we're going to get a young Alexander Pierce, Robert Redford's character in The Winter Soldier. Okay. Because he's sort of like the head of Hydra in terms of like their being them being a sleeper cell in the more modern iteration of S.H.I.E.L.D. So seeing him as like a 30 or 40 year old in like the 80s or 90s, I definitely think is a possibility. Maybe you don't even need uh, Robert Redford to play him, obviously, at that age. Maybe they they do something like you see his turn from S.H.I.E.L.D. to HYDRA. Something like like you somehow they can see him get, become corrupt. Yeah. That'd be but cool. again, the, the beauty there is you could just get a much younger actor to play him. He could be. Yeah, famous. it doesn't have to be anybody. In fact, it wouldn't work if it was Robert Redford. So it's almost it's almost, it's almost too easy. Right. Uh, yeah, that's my. Other th- I have one other question, but I didn't know if you had anything else you wanted. No, I mean, I still think it would be cool for them to end the show either at the snap or right after the snap. Um, I think it'd be really cool if it ended right before the snap, and then half the team disappears with the snap, because we all know how TV shows are. They say it's the last season, and then in two years they're like, "Hey, we're gonna revive that for one more season." This gives them the ammo to do one more season or even a Disney plus original, uh, maybe like an hour and a half movie. That'd be cool. That would pick, pick up right there. Kind of them dealing with the snap. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. I'm hoping for some time like that. I don't know how ambitious right now. We're a little too far from the finish line to even start to like connect it, but it's, you know, it's gotta be something they're kind of like, Oh man, that'd be badass to make this puzzle piece fit in. We all know they at least discussed it. For sure. Um, last thing I had was a question. What do you think will happen to LMD Colson after that EMP burst went off? And he's either rebooting or is he dead? Will he come back with no memory of old Colson? Will he be like a totally different personality? Will he just be normal? His eyes, he looks like me after that time that you made me take like 20 Captain Morgan I shots. I didn't make you take any Captain Morgan shots. I merely just presented the shots in front of you and then put your hand around them and then lifted your elbow to your mouth. Oh. That was not me making you do anything. I'm misremembering like Andy Pettit. Yeah. Roger Clemens. <laughs> Check yourself. No, he um, was saying Pettit was misremembering. Oh. No, yeah, but Roger Clemens is who said it, right? But he was talking about Andy Pettit. Either way, they both did steroids, and it is what it is. <laughs> we uh, got a little bit off track. We were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Um, Colson, I think 
think he's going to reboot. I think he's going to be fine. But I think he's not going to have any memory of the 30s or what just happened in the 50s. It's going to be just like they turned him back on at the very end of last season or very beginning of the season, whatever, whenever it actually happened. I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I'm, I'm just wondering if they'll make it a bigger deal and make us sweat a little bit about him coming back. But it's episode three of 13. Like, we're not losing Colson, like, at this point, at least. You know? No, I think if we lose Colson before the last episode, I think it'll be in like episode ten. Another thing I'm wondering, and this is goes back to like the time travel rules in Endgame, um, at, will they like? Is this a multiverse, or are they going to be able to find like other versions of themselves? Because if that's possible, they could swap out LMD Colson for like a real Colson at one point and just take him with them. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Again, nothing's off the table. I don't know. I would assume it's a multiverse, right? I don't know. Or is it like one know. of them in it? I don't know. Time travel has always confused me and interested me. Um, one thing I will also say, I, I'm digging the LMD Colson, like his enhanced powers, and he's like learning about them, and it's like, oh, I'm pretty strong. That's fun. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the little quirky jokes and like the little like, oh, yeah, I forgot he can do that. Like I I love those little comments. Again, I... I was fairly vocal, like, okay, I'm tired of them bringing him back. Like, if you want him dead, just let him be dead. But, again, they're surprising me with giving us yet another wrinkle of a character that we've loved for so long. And, honestly, other than Sarge, I've really dug every single iteration of Coulson we've had. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a huge Sarge fan either, to be honest. I just thought that them searching for the strike and, like, the whole season just confused the shit out of me. I just didn't understand any of it. It was it was, it was, was kind of wacky and out there for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But we got the fear and loathing on, what was that planet? I don't, I don't even that, know. That was our favorite episode maybe of all time on the show. That was, pro- that was my favorite episode of all time. Because it reminded me so much of that night in our laundry room where you took voluntarily 22 shots of Captain Morgan. (laughs) All right. On that note, anything else, Banner, before we leave the people for season seven, episode three of agents of shield? Nope. I'm, I'm good. I'm excited. And, uh, if you've got any good theories or if you agree or just completely disagree with us, leave them in the comments below. I know trend pimp will. Yeah. And he's helped us out a lot. He especially helped correct us on where fits it. By the way, before we leave, Dude, I need Fitz in this show soon. He's my favorite character, and they just, they never give us, he has not been with the team steadily in like four years, I feel like. Give me my Fitz, man. I know. Either that or give me, either that or give me a Fitz Enoch show. Don't even joke about that. Oh my God. That would be so cool. They don't even have to do anything. Just Fitz Enoch and Caning. <laughs> running that bar just running that bar that'd be sick <laughs> that'd be so cool again you it could be like seinfeld you don't even need plot it could just be them yeah just just let me watch them hang out all right for the mad scientist brian banner i'm the mayor jeff pornasek and we are the bro four squad podcast thank you guys for listening to us check out all of our agents of shield reviews we're going to be here for the rest of the final season uh, you can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Letterboxd. If you type in Bro4Squad as three separate words on all those places, will pop up. Follow us on Twitter, at Bro4Squad, and check out everything that we post on our website, bro 4 
www.thepeopleinthisdiner.com. Till next time, we need to go get the people in this diner to believe we were abducted by aliens. Yeah, but I think we're... Nah, we're probably commies, aren't we? I don't know. Is that such a bad thing? I mean, commie, capitalist... They both start with the C.